Hello, I'm Jay Goodwin, and you're listening to Pay It Forward. Today on Pay It Forward, we have Kene Uwaje. Uh, Kene is a student at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and she's already racked up quite an impressive resume. She is studying psychology with a minor in entrepreneurship, and she aspires to be an industrial organizational psychologist. Uh, on top of her school studies, she's completed an internship with Eclectic Media Co. as a social media marketing intern, and she's now co-founder and vice president at the Black Entrepreneur Initiative at UNC. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Of course. Uh, first of all, like, um, <laughs> your resume is already very impressive for still being in college. I <laughs> think you. I like wasn't doing anywhere near as much stuff as at least not at school. <laughs> um, so off the bat, that's like super awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. So uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, where you are um, at USC. Like uh, what year are you? Yes. So I am a sophomore or second year at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, and yeah. Okay, so I know that um, you are doing uh, psychology and entrepreneurship and with the goal of being an industrial organizational psychologist. So first of all, for, for dumb people like me, can you tell me a little bit about, about what an industrial organizational psychologist is and then sort of what drew you to that? Yes, so industrial organizational psychology is essentially a branch of psychology that is focused on improving workplace conditions for employees and just for the business in general. So um, they're basically a part of the team that kind of, they help to, I guess they help people who are in the workplace and who kind of need direction as far as like how to run or like how to kind of go about doing the job. So I'm kind of trying to make this, let's see, I guess, the second part, of, what was the second part of your question? So the second part was what drew you specifically to sort of wanting to, to do that? Yes. Yeah, so I kind of saw it as I was a bit, and I felt a lot of anxiety about going into the workplace. And like a lot of people just talking about how they seem to pretty much hate it and like dread it. And there's a lot of people that just aren't really fulfilled in being and working in like nine to fives and all that good stuff you know how like people are always kind of talking down on that mm -hmm. but I kind of wanted to have a role in improving conditions for those people that have to go to work every day and have to kind of make a living um, and I kind of thought it was fulfilling in that sense um, as well as just kind of with um, the climate of the workplace as well just kind of emphasizing diversity emphasizing inclusion and actually having employees feel that when they go is kind of a big reason why I wanted to kind of have kind of a seat at the table if that makes sense and I kind of be over making a lot of the rules and implementing a lot of the strategies and procedures that a lot of businesses would have to follow. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I guess the next question is um, what kinds of businesses or companies or organizations normally have like uh, an industrial organizational psychologist like on like as a part of the business? Yes, yeah, so I'm more so I I'm interested in the field of organizational psychology, but as far as actually becoming an IO, I'm like an IO and an HR manager kind of kind of do about the same things. They're very similar positions, um, and I was kind of leaning more towards the HR manager, which is a pretty popular you know thing mm -hmm. that pretty much every company has, and they kind of have the same role. So most of the time, when you see like an HR manager, they will have studied you know psychology and specifically 
organizational psychology in order to have that position and know what to do in that position, if that makes sense. So yeah, no, um, it's sense. pretty much HR management more so, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just, it's, well, it sounds like maybe a different sort of approach mm -hmm. um, or a different set of priorities, I guess, um, mm -hmm. going into the role. Okay. So, well, that makes sense to me. Um, so what's, uh, I want to start off with just kind of opening the floor to you. What's on your mind today? What's been going on with you? Yeah, so um, I'm doing pretty well. I'm currently on campus. I am an RA this year. So on top of all of the other things I'm doing, I'm also kind of here, you know, making sure all of the students that are left here are doing okay as well. Um, today has been great. I actually just got back from brunch with my friends. So I am taking that time to kind of just breathe and step away from my scores for just, you know, a few hours just to kind of, um, I guess, enjoy myself and kind of relieve myself, if that makes sense. But things have been pretty well. I'm hitting midterm season in um, college as well, which is, pr it's pretty stressful. <laughs> yes. um, and it's definitely a very different midterm season given COVID, given being remote and all of that. So um, I'm doing well, but I'm definitely starting to feel the stress of school kicking back in very quickly so yeah. yeah yeah well well talk to me a little bit about that because I have not been in school for a couple of years <laughs> um and I really can't imagine like going through midterms and and classes like virtual like so how has that been for you like um have your professors done anything particularly like interesting to sort of you know make keep things interesting for you all Yes, so um, I'm currently taking four classes this semester, um, and three of them are synchronous, while one of them is asynchronous. However, um, three of them you can choose to go to class and kind of watch. You can either go to class or watch the lectures later. Um, but it has been very interesting, especially given the kind of classes that I'm taking this semester. So I'm taking Psych 101, which is asynchronous. So all I pretty much do is kind of read and I submit assignments, it's pretty straightforward. Um, my professor specifically said that she kind of made the class an online style format. So it's almost as if I'm taking an online class, which is very different. Um, of course, that wouldn't be my first option as far as schooling goes, but it's been going pretty well now as opposed to earlier. I've kind of just gotten a routine and kind of have been trying to stick to that and just kind of changing up my scenery as well, just to kind of motivate me to actually want to do work and stuff like that. And then um, I do have one class that's very group project heavy, which is very interesting online. Um, I honestly would prefer being face to face, but at the same time, it is a lot easier for you to meet up with people because all people have to do is like two clicks and you're talking to people. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely very interesting. Um, and specifically, it's an entrepreneurship class. So we're kind of going through the process of basically creating our own product which I found to be a lot more challenging given that we can't be in person and like having to like, you know, interview people with our products and stuff like that has just been very, I guess you could say difficult, but um, I think it's a learning experience in itself, regardless of like all of the challenges that come along with it. Um, just also, it also helps me to become a little bit more just tech savvy and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, it, the convenience is definitely there, but as far as like the motivational piece of it, it, can be pretty difficult in that sense so yeah <laughs> yeah no i <laughs> i can only imagine um i'm trying i was trying to like as you were talking i was trying to put myself back in undergrad and see if i could have done it virtual and i, I don't know um yeah. okay so uh second year 
right now. So you got two more to go, uh, theoretically. Okay, so I want to flash forward, and let's flash forward like five years, and it's 2025. You have graduated. You left UNC. Uh, what do you see yourself, you know, doing in the relatively immediate future? Where are you? Like, where do you work? Um, what do you do? Okay, so there's kind of two sides to the story. Um, so as far as my professional career, I see myself working specifically in like a larger tech, fashion or cosmetic company. That's kind of the end goal is kind of to work within those fields um, and to work in HR or in management or like something of that sort. And as far as like where I see myself doing that, I ideally see myself living in a city. I think it's pretty nice to just kind of get to experience living in the heart of a city, uh, early 20s, just like getting to experience all of whatever that is. And then on the flip side of it, as far as kind of like my personal, um, I'm a YouTuber on the side. So I hope to be a lot farther with that and it's, and farther just like in my, I guess you could say influencer journey, but that seems very cliche, but I do make a lot of like, I guess it's like helpful content for like young adults, young women specifically, and spe even more specifically young black women. So just kind of, having a bigger platform by that point and kind of hopefully um I guess turning my hobby into also kind of a side job if that makes sense so kind of monetizing myself and growing in that area of my life so yeah no I mean that's awesome <laughs> you have you have both sides covered I feel like if you have because it gets kind of weird um and I'm just like talking personally but it gets a little weird sometimes when you like have a hobby mm -hmm. and I use that word loosely but something that you do that's not work and you're mm -hmm. good at it and people want to see you do it more and then you do it for money and like it can change sometimes. So I'm also trying to like navigate that. So um, talk to me a little bit about, cause I, I know you're, you're minoring in entrepreneurship um, mm -hmm. and we'll come back to uh, the black entrepreneurship initiative later too, but talk to me a little bit about um, deciding to add the entrepreneurship minor, how it kind of fits in with some of the other things that you're studying for your major Talk to me a little bit about that kind of overlap, if there is any. Yeah, so I've definitely thought very, like, I've thought a lot about this question just simply because it's not very traditional, if you if you will, like, to put psychology with entrepreneurship. But, like, one thing I've realized just in going through the process of pursuing my minor in entrepreneurship, because now I've taken about two courses in the field, mm -hmm. and I realized that, honestly, entrepreneurship just is... I feel like the basic fundamentals of entrepreneurship can be applied to virtually any career field that you go into. So I think that one of the major um, parts of being an entrepreneur is knowing how to pivot and knowing how to problem solve. And I think for that reason alone, it's just a great opportunity to kind of utilize a lot of the resources that UNC has to offer in terms of the E minor. Um, and I guess specifically going into that. So going back to kind of HR management, um, a lot of what they do is just I guess running, it's almost as if you're running like a smaller version of a business, if you will, like, because you're kind of overseeing a lot of the logistics that are going on in whatever company that you're in. And so I feel like in that sense, it's almost as if you kind of have your own, I guess, sector that you are running, which is not necessarily a business, but it is as if you're running something and you're running a group of people. So I think that a lot of those skills that you do gain from um, the entrepreneurship program at UNC kind of can um, translate over, especially into organizational psychology, given that it is so, 
um, you're working with a lot of people, you're making sure that people are satisfied, almost as if you're making sure that your customers are satisfied. Um, and just like in general, I also see myself eventually starting a nonprofit, um, which might end up being the Black Entrepreneur Initiative, which I will get into like a little bit later. But um, I see myself owning something or having something of my own. So I kind of want to be prepared for when that time comes and when that idea, you know, flows through, if that makes sense. So, well, yeah, yeah, it sounds like you're way ahead of where I was as a sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to you. I mean, it sounds like you have a really sort of clear vision of where you want to be. And uh, it sounds like you're taking the steps to get there. I mean, that's <laughs> thank you. No, I like, honestly, it, it, it took a while to get here too. Like, honestly, and I still sometimes feel like I don't have kind of a grasp on everything, but I think that that's kind of the beauty of just like life is kind of like going through and not really knowing, but knowing, trusting that, you know, everything will come together. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely on the not knowing. Cause I mean, I can tell you right now, I feel like half the time I'm at work, I have no clue what I'm doing. And <laughs> anytime you ask people, like who you think they know what they're doing. If you ask them, they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just figuring it out too. So, I, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, I mean, you've already racked up a lot, a lot of experience so far. Um, so you've been a pharmacy technician, you've been an office assistant, IT intern, and you were also a social media marketing intern. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about those uh, internships. And I, I guess I'll start with the most recent one, which was the social media one, correct? Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about like how that came about. How'd you find it? Um, you know, how'd you, what was the process of getting it? How, how'd you feel when you landed it? Talk, talk to me a little bit about the start of uh, getting that internship. Yes. So um, originally, so coming out of my freshman year, of course, it's not very common for people to have internships. And so I honestly, and then given COVID, I was just like, okay, like the summer, I think I'm going to try to shadow someone, you know, like kind of try to get some experience. But of course, knowing that the options were very limited. Um, and essentially, it was kind of, it originally started through my sister. So my sister and I are a year apart. She's older than me by year. So she's kind of already going through the process of finding internships. And so um, through her school, she found um, there was actually an alumni, um, a black, young black woman named Ari Khan, who had her own um, business called the Ken Program, which kind of just serves to um, kind of connect the sectors of tech and like entrepreneurship and innovation in one and just kind of, they kind of did a lot of different things of working with people who are like starting up a business, but specifically Africans and African-Americans, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I love the idea of it. Um, the founder of it was also Nigerian, I'm Nigerian. So it was just like, I felt like it was just for me. So I applied to that program and um, I talked to Eric Khan just about like what I wanted to do in my, like just how I saw my future going. And she kind of referred me specifically to Destiny who was actually one of the leaders of a specific um, sector of the CAN program. But I ended up just kind of like moving into just being kind of for Destiny's personal, um, endeavors so like her eclectic media and like higher black marketers and all of that good stuff so um it kind of started with like interning i mean it kind of started with interviewing with ericon and then eventually i kind of talked to destiny and she was like oh like i would love for you to help me with x y and z and then that was kind of how things came about we did have an interview um of some sort but it was more so like a conversation it honestly wasn't as strict or as like formal i guess as it sounded and me and Destiny like meshed really well and it kind of just went from there. So. Yeah, so it's pretty organic. Yes, for sure. Okay, so what were some of the things, um, some of the tasks that you were, you know, given 
Um, yeah, talk to me just, I guess, a little bit about like what you were actually doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, my role was specifically to kind of help A, to create content. At that specific point in time, I kind of had a good grasp on, well, I still do, but like I specifically came in telling her that like I kind of was spending my personal time just like honestly because I wanted to like learning the algorithms of like YouTube, TikTok and all of that good stuff. So I was kind of in charge of trying to make content that kind of appealed to what people wanted to see. Um, I was also responsible for completing ad hoc requests, which are basically like requests that would just pop up um, from a customer or client that would need to be done like right away. So oftentimes she would give me something and I would kind of get it done in the next few days, whether that be um, a presentation about something specific. So I know I did one about how to leverage influ influencers for small businesses um, and stuff of that, things of that nature. And I also did like POVs as well. And just a lot of, a lot of other like marketing related things. I honestly, um, I did a lot as well. I kind of helped with reaching out to um, add people into the directory for hired black marketers. Um, I did a lot of shadowing with her and other clients. And I, yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, I think that's about it. I think that encompasses everything. But it was honestly like a week to week type of thing. I would kind of do whatever, whatever was given to me. But a lot of it just was under the umbrella of marketing and like social media type of like um, tasks. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I, as far as the content piece goes, I feel like you probably had that like, cause I mean, you, you, uh, YouTuber, you, I felt like you had that in your, in your pocket, but um, <laughs> what was the process of sort of learning on the, on the fly? Like, you know, how, how comfortable were you with sort of like living week to week? Like, is that something that was cool with you or kind of like you had to get used to it? Like how's your, um, your personal work style sort of mesh with that? Yes. So I love a routine. Like I love to kind of do the same thing, but I think over quarantine, especially, and just through the internship, I learned that you grow the most by kind of doing things that you're more uncomfortable with or by kind of learning to pivot or to kind of problem solve in every situation. So I think that at first I was a little bit like, I was a little bit nervous. I would say I was excited, but I was nervous. I'm like, oh, I hope that I'm able to kind of live up to whatever it is that she wants me to do and all the expectations given that things kind of change week to week. There were a few um, tasks that were like for an entire month or longer, but um, for the most part, for example, like the ad hoc request that would like pop up that I have to do in like a few days would be a little nerve wracking. But I mean, I think that once I did it, I realized, oh, this is not as bad. And I feel like I learned something and, you know, it kind of kept me on my toes in that sense. So I definitely think that that was, it was pretty helpful, although that my, my most comfortable style of working is kind of like to kind of do the same thing, if that makes yeah. sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your what was your schedule like for your internship? So uh, first of all, like, was it was it a summer thing? Um, and like, how many, you know, how many hours a, a week, or I guess, yeah, a week or so, would you say that you were was it like a full time thing, part time? How'd your schedule look? Yes, yeah, so it was a part time thing. And a lot of our a lot of my work was very much on my own time. So it's kind of like I had the week to kind of get it done. And then we would have a weekly meeting every Thursday or it was every Tuesday, something of that sort. And then um, every Saturday I would shadow her with a client that she was managing um, at that time. So it was pretty, it was a part-time gig and it was pretty loose, but I think a lot of the work kind of added up to about maybe like five hours a week, I would say. 
So that was, that's pretty much my schedule with that. Okay. So what is something that you um, took or learned from the internship that has really stuck with you? Oh, yes. So I have actually like a, I, so I wrote this down. I'm actually trying to find it. It was like a quote, like a direct quote from Destiny. And it, I think actually I kind of know it. So essentially says that um, when you go to the grocery store, you see a lot of different kinds of bread, right? And she said that, that just because there's a lot of breads doesn't mean that like, like, let me, let me, let me go back. Cause basically she was, the point of the quote was basically to say that don't ever think that there's too much of one thing. Like don't ever think that you can't do something because there's, you feel like there's already too many people doing it. And I remember she was telling me that kind of just in response to wanting to kind of be an influencer, wanting to be a YouTuber and stuff like that. It's like, you know, although there may seem like there's a lot of people, like there's never too, you can never say that there's too many like brands of bread in the store. Cause at the end of the day, somebody's buying it, if that makes sense. So yeah. Um, that was pretty much, I think, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I got specifically from Destiny. Um, and yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. it, it yeah. Um, it wouldn't be stocked if, if it wasn't there for a reason, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the other things you've done. So you are the publicity chair uh, for the Beauty and Brains organization. Um, yes. as someone who has no idea what that is, um, can you explain to me a little bit about, um, what Beauty and Brains is and, and what it means, um, for you to be the publicity chair? Yes. So Beauty and Brains for starters, it is basically a nonprofit that serves as a professional and personal resource for young black women across the nation and across the world and around the world. So essentially we provide resources for pretty much anything that a black woman needs, whether it be workshops and seminars on um, things that relate to your professional life, such as LinkedIn, such as resume building and stuff like that. We also have annual scholarships. We um, kind of keep our social media, we update our social media every, pretty much every day with just like different resources, different posts, just motivating and encouraging the black woman essentially. And so that is pretty much like the overall theme of the organization. And then specifically as a publicity chair, my job is essentially to kind of run a lot of the things that relate to the social media. So kind of going back, like marketing social media is kind of like something that I'm very interested in. And so my first year as publicity chair, so I've been in, with the team for now over a year. So I'm kind of going, I'm in my second year right now. And so during my first year, I was just kind of in charge of creating a lot of the event flyers and creating what we call our monthly story challenge. So it's kind of like a challenge that we kind of pose for our followers to kind of do each month. So it would be something from like a mental, a mental health check-in to like a checklist of some sort or like a bingo telling us how you feel, just like things like that. And so um, also as publicity chair, I was in charge of making content. So like I used my TikTok to make a lot of content that kind of related to beauty and brains and getting more following and getting, um, kind of growing our platform in a sense. And now this year as my second year, we've actually um, added a lot more what we call BB girls or beauty and brains girls to the team or beauty and brains ambassadors to the team. And so now I actually have a team, a publicity team and I'm the team lead. So uh, we kind of work together to create more content for the story, create more content for the page. And um, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. So it's kind of like I oversee a group of about three young ladies and we work together to just 
put out great content and yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it just sounds like everything has been like so like perfect <laughs> in sync. It's like you, you are a content creator, a YouTuber, and you go and you have this social media internship. And then within a year, you go from, um, you know, starting with Beauty and Brains and now you are leading a team. That's awesome. Um, but I want to take a step back real quick because I didn't ask you this, but how did you come across Beauty and Brains? And then, um, you know, what was the process of like for, you know, getting involved in the first place? Yes. So Beauty and Brands is actually a Chicago-based organization, and I'm originally from the south suburbs of Chicago. So the two founders, there's two sisters, there's name, their names are Janet and Jennifer. Um, they are, I like really, I knew of them, but I didn't really know them too well. And so I followed them on their social medias and all that good stuff. And when I found out that they were doing the second annual scholarship, I applied. And there was also a section of the scholarship application where it was like, oh, do you want to be an ambassador? And if so, like, put your handles down there and we'll, like, let you know. And so they actually had a really nice, like, baddie brunch is what they called it, where they announced the scholarship winner. They, you know, provided us food and it was free for everyone who, like, applied for the scholarship. So it was a really, really nice experience. And then um, once I got there, although I didn't get the scholarship, they actually chose me to be an ambassador. So that was um, essentially how I got involved with the organization. And from there, I loved it. And of course, I decided to stay another year. So I really do love the organization and everything that they do. Yeah, of course. Oh, that's awesome, too. Um, and OK, now I wanted to come back to this because we had mentioned it earlier a couple of times. Um, and mm -hmm. we're, we kind of hinted at it when we talked about your minor, um, your e-minor for entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And so you co-founded the Black Entrepreneurship Initiative at USC. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, where to start? What was the initial sort of idea? Um, and I know you had co-founders, so I kind of want to ask you, like, what was the initial idea and how did that come about? Yes. So essentially, um, the Black Entrepreneur Initiative um, came about actually through the president or one of the other co-founders. His name is Sherrod Crum. And so essentially, Sherrod brought it to my attention. It was like, Nate, like, I have this idea. And I kind of want to move forward with it. And I just kind of need, we need help getting this off the ground. And so essentially one of the main reasons that we wanted to start it was because A, um, on Carolina's campus, there's not really any entrepreneur specific program that is geared towards black um, students um, or black people in general. And we realized that the buying, like the buying market of black people versus white people in every other race is dramatically different. Honestly, our needs are just very different from a lot of other races and that's just, what that is. And so we thought, well, hey, there's so many, there, and then we also saw that there were a lot of different people, like in some of the black UNC group chats that were just always asking, like, who does this on campus? And who does that on campus? And like, where can I find this? Or who can do this for me? And it was very hard, especially me um, being an out-of-state student. Shiraz also an out-of-state student. And one of the other co-founders is as well. And so we just saw this like need for some type of organization to kind of bring all of that together. Um, an organization to support black entrepreneurs we saw that you know there wasn't many black people doing the pitch competitions from the Keenan Flagler like business school and like you know so it was just like so many things that we saw and then just kind of coupled on top of all of that um it was kind of started to kind of honor the black wall street of Tulsa Oklahoma which was basically um where a lot of black businesses thrived back in the 1900s but then it was of course destroyed by white mobs and so we kind of did that to kind of celebrate them and honor them as well as honor the um black entrepreneurs that are on our campus that seem to not get really a lot of 
um, credit for the work that they put out. And we kind of wanted to help just with their clientele, support, professional resources, personal resources, all of that good stuff. And so that is kind of how we went about creating the Black Entrepreneur Initiative. Um, our team is very driven. So like we got a website created and we, we created that ourselves. Like there was no help. I created the logo. Like we literally did it just all like at the beginning of quarantine and by like mid-May, we were like announcing, oh, we're starting this organization on USC's campus. So <laughs> yeah. that was pretty much how that came to be. Um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you saw some problems. You figured out a way to um, come together and solve them. I was actually going to ask you about the website. Um, so, and you mentioned the logo as well. So uh, how did you guys, you know, go about like delegating tasks? Like, you know, how'd you figure out who's going to do what? <laughs> Like, was there, yeah, yeah. I mean, was it collabor collaborative? Like, how do you just figure out the workflow to get everything off the ground? Yeah, so honestly, it's, a lot of it started with Sherrod, who was, you know, kind of, he like bursted the idea, and we kind of all had a part in kind of taking that to the next level. But Sherrod kind of just like started doing the website on his own. Like, Sherrod is an amazing guy, very talented, honestly. And so he kind of just got the website running, and then he just kind of asked, I don't remember how it happened. I think I just volunteered. I was like, oh, I think I can make a logo. Like, you know, and I had like Canva Pro at the time. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of had a general idea of how we wanted it. Like we knew we wanted to have like a light bulb or something that kind of like symbolizes entrepreneurship, ideas, something of that sort. Um, and of course the colors are just a reflection of UNC. Um, but of course with the little black because the black entrepreneur initiative. So it was, it was very just like, who wants to do this? Who will do this? Who will do this? And then I think pretty early on, though, we kind of did start to establish our roles. So Sherrod was the one that kind of delegated that. He asked me, did I want to be VP? We have two secretaries, an outreach chair, and a treasurer. So it was just kind of like, it was pretty organic, kind of like who was seemed to be doing what and then kind of like putting them into the role based on what they you know, seem to be doing the best or doing the most in that scenario. So it was, it just kind of flowed together. Um, and being that we didn't, we just recently became a student organization. It was very much like still an idea and still kind of trying to navigate. It definitely didn't come together perfectly. And we still, we definitely had to try some things. And if that didn't work, then we did something different. So yeah, it just kind of came together. Um, people just volunteered to do different things. And that's pretty much how we, <laughs> we made it work, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> What is something that you've learned about yourself um, just throughout the process of working to, to get it off the ground and, and up and running? Yes. Um, one thing that I learned about myself, I think I'm very much like a implementer. Like, I feel like once you give me an idea, I will like run with it and I want to finish it and I want to get it done. And I want to, you know, see it through to the end. I think that, um, Yes, I like to create, but I think that when people give me a task as well, I like to kind of try to do it and get it done. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that that's one thing that I really realized because I don't know, I never knew what my role really was in like a group project or anything until I joined BI, until I started this entrepreneurship class that I realized like I'm the one that likes to kind of keep everyone on their toes and make sure that things get done, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a... Oh, there's a framework I remember seeing and I, I'm going to kick myself because now I brought it up and I'll remember exactly what it was, but there's like, <laughs> you know, and it's a huge generalization, but people generally fall into like four groups, especially for like group work and like mm -hmm. in the workplace or whatever. And like there's visionaries who just like to set the scene and then they just walk away. And then there's people who like are the implementers. They like to take things. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. 
So that makes sense. Um, okay, so in general, I guess I want to ask, and this is probably my last, um, let's ask Kenea all the questions, um, <laughs> question. Uh, how do you think that um, school has prepared you for uh, what you want to do going forward? Like how, how well has the stuff that you've learned in class um, matched up to the things you've taken away in your internships? Uh, and so, you know, how well has everything been sort of working, uh, especially for class, with what you want to do? Okay, so as honestly, as far as like actual classwork that I've learned in class, I don't know, not, I don't think that that was really what prepared me for my internship work. Um, my freshman year, I was taking a lot of STEM courses and stuff. So that, and of course, it's not really what I'm doing now. I actually changed my major. So it, it didn't really prepare me too much. Um, I took one entrepreneurship class, like my entrepreneurship class, I feel like I kind of take that and translate it, I think because it really corresponds to what I'm doing currently in my life. Um, and I don't think that I won't ever use a lot of the material that I've learned, but I definitely think that it's more so just the habits that I picked up going to those classes versus the actual um, course material, if that makes sense. And especially like with high school, um, I, I was super, like super busy. Like my high school, high school, went from 7.45 in the morning to 4.37 in the evening, and plus after school activity. So I think that a lot of the habits and a lot of the things that I've set for myself really is what kind of has kept me, you know, as busy as I am, to be completely honest. Um, so yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, I was kind of the same way in high school. I didn't do as much. <laughs> um, I feel like I didn't. Let me take that back because I wasn't doing that much. <laughs> but I was at school like a long time. Um, and looking back, like, it's amazing, and this is just random, but it's amazing that I was able to get up at, like, six o'clock every day and just be, mm -hmm. at, like, at, at early bird at, like, seven, which is wild because now I never want to get up, um, so that's just <laughs> a random uh, thing that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but anyways, um, cool, so, you know, I ask everybody um, before we do the, the podcast um, these four basic questions, and so I kind of want to roll into those, um, and the first one is, you know, what is something that you're reading right now? Yes, yeah, so I'm not currently reading anything right now, but I did recently finish a book called Becoming Mrs. Burton, um, and essentially Becoming Mrs. Burton is just a memoir of the life of a woman, a Black woman named Susan Burton who kind of had a very rough childhood and then transitioned to spending a lot of her like young adult to adulthood in the criminal justice system. And then now has transformed her life into being a prison reform advocate and a leader in the community, specifically like the Bay Area. So um, it was actually a book that I came to read in a book club that I'm a part of. Um, and so it wasn't like my, it wasn't something that I usually read. So I don't really read a lot that involves criminal justice and just like prison reform, but it definitely gave me, just gave me a new lens on what the prison system is like. A lot of the injustices, a lot of the just craziness that happens in the system that I never really knew about. And that a lot of times society kind of turns a blind eye to, um, it kind of gave me a really great perspective on that. And just like, just on America in general, honestly. And so it was, it was a really good read. And I definitely recommend that book for just anybody because the way that society just turns their eye to a lot of what goes on and just like the criminal justice system is just crazy, honestly. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, I've just had a lot of existential dread lately just about <laughs> where things are. Um, for sure. Yeah. It, it, there, there's a lot going on. 
Um, okay, what is something that has been sort of a challenge for you lately? Hmm. I think that I'd be kind of repeating myself and saying school, but definitely school. Um, I think specifically just like, again, finding the motivation to just want to do things. Um, I think, I guess another example would just be a lot of um, the organizations that I'm usually a part of aren't functioning the same and us trying to pivot and trying to kind of come up with creative ways virtually, but it's like not the same. Um, so that can definitely, it's definitely a challenge in that because it's like, this is new for everybody, but especially for people that are like trying to create and plan and still like um, have an impact on people, even if they can't be face to face with them has definitely been a really large challenge um, for just for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, on the flip side, what's something that, uh, that you're really proud of? Hmm, something that I'm proud of. Um, I definitely would say taking the step to actually start my YouTube channel. Um, it was something that I thought about just for a long time. And I was just like, I'm not ready or I don't have this. I don't have a camera. I don't have a ring light. You know, it was like, I don't have this cute room background. Like it was just so many things just telling myself that, you know, like you can't or like you're not going to. But like one thing I realized is like you just have to start and like things will start to fall into place. And I'm kind of, it's kind of, like it's rewarding to see how much growth I've made in just like a pretty short amount of time just by starting with what I had and not trying to kind of go over the top, break the bank to try to create all of this and for you not to feel any war in the end. So it's like, I'm definitely glad that I was able to kind of finally have the courage to, it was definitely like um, an insecurity type of thing, like having to put your face in front of the world. It was just so much, but like, I knew that it was something I wanted to do, but there was like that part of me that was like, oh, like, is this really for you? So yeah, it it was definitely probably taking that step and starting my YouTube and kind of trying to and remaining consistent with it as well. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent what I felt. Uh, even just like starting this podcast, I was like, <laughs> I'm not sure I should be doing this. But it's like, well, nobody else is doing it, and like you know, you sit on it for so long, and it's just like you know, it, it would haunt you more to not do it than you know any negative thing you could say to yourself or anybody could say to you. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay, last one. Uh, what is a piece of advice that you would give to you know, other Black students who listen to your episode? You know, maybe they are looking for internships. They're trying to sort out their major, minor, whatever the case is. What would be one piece of advice you would give? I think the one, the biggest piece of advice I would give is if there is an opportunity, take a hold, take hold of it, even if it doesn't seem to, you know connect to whatever it is your ideal career path is I definitely say that some experience is better than no experience and so no matter what it is because like you said like I was a pharmacy tech I was an office assistant I ended up in social media like it was just so many different things and I realized honestly what I truly like to do just by doing a lot of things in a lot of different fields so definitely just taking opportunities that's also how you know resume building experience building like you can always, there's always something to learn, you know? So I think I would say just don't be so restricted to what you think that your focus is or what you think that you should be doing. Cause it's like, you never really know what an opportunity could, where it could take you. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I dig it. Um, okay. So where can people find you online? And I want to make sure you drop your, uh, your YouTube channel too. <laughs> yes, I will. So um, I guess starting with LinkedIn, you can connect with me, Kenne Waje. 
um, on Instagram. It is at kene.k, same thing for, for TikTok. And then Twitter is actually kene underscore k. So I pretty much, those are my main platforms that I use. And then of course, my YouTube channel, um, which is also kene k, and the k is k-a-e. So yes, I hope to connect with all of you guys. And I was really, I'm just excited and happy that I was able to do this uh, with Jacora. So thank you so much. Um, this was honestly an amazing experience. Yeah, well, I'm glad you could join. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been needing um, to get more Black women on the podcast because <laughs> at first, like, I, I realized that a lot of the people I know in the industry just happen to be <laughs> Black men. Just you, you, <laughs> you meet people that look like you. And I was like, well, this is not cool. Like, let me, because I had a, sort of, I had a, an order and I was like, nope, I need to, I need to make this more equitable. And so, um, yeah, well, I just really appreciate you um, taking the time to join today. Um, and so I guess I could read the, my little canned, uh, ending. So yeah, anybody <laughs> out there listening, please rate, review, like, subscribe, you know, whatever you do to your podcast, wherever you listen to them, uh, you can find out about the, more about the podcast in general at, at pay it for a podcast on social channels. Uh, same thing for the website. Um, the forward is FWD. Thank you for listening. Peace. <laughs>